is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 270 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, I am speaking with Elena Dacus, and we're diving into examples of limiting beliefs and how to overcome them. This is such a great episode. It really talks about the mindset piece of limiting beliefs. I don't care how much or how little you believe in woo-woo, you need to listen to this episode. It was just such a great episode, really connected with me and where I am in my business right now. And I just think you guys are going to get so much out of it. Now, before we dive into that, I want to make sure that if you haven't grabbed my Mastering Overwhelm Guide, I want you to make sure that you get that because it is connected to that mindset piece of running your business so they can continue to scale and grow. Just send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose and I will make sure to send that over. All right, let's dive in. Hi, Elena. How are you? I'm so well. It's so great to be here. I am so excited to dive into the conversation that we're going to have on examples of limiting beliefs and how to overcome them. But before we do that, will you introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Yes, of course. Uh, Well, pleasure to be here. My name is Elena, and um, I'm a high-ticket sales and business coach. And really, I work predominantly with female entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, experts, and I help them create consistent sales in their business, where they hit one and two, sign one or two high-ticket clients every single week. Um, This is what I do, but my background actually is a bit different. I, for the last 20 years, I've been running merged and acquisition company where I've been buying and selling companies. I've done 50 deals worth up to 10 billion US dollars. And it's been been quite a fascinating journey, actually, just opening the leads to really fascinating businesses. Um, you know, I've done small companies where it was just one or two owners to really big corporations. And it's been such an amazing experience because you really get to see what works, right? You get to really understand who makes money, how do they make money, what really is powerful in the market. And that was kind of the basis for me then creating my own signature framework, where which effectively I took the key elements of the best of the best companies and seeing what works for them. You know, there's companies spend $100 million on advertising every month. They mm-hmm. test, they have a teams of people that test, test, test. And what I thought, well, actually, there's no way you can, as a small business owner, as a growing business, you can't compete with that. But what you can do, you can pick the key elements of stuff that works and replicate it, which effectively is Powerhouse CEO program that I teach to my clients um, is really a combination of that 20 years experience, understanding what's powerful, what works, um, that's been proven and tested. And that's the kind of the joy of my life right now, which is um, what I love doing. Yeah. Excellent. So you work with female entrepreneurs and that is predominantly my listeners. And I think one of the things that they run into often, and it's kind of a tendency, I think of women is to have limiting beliefs about what they can do in their business about themselves. So what are some of the examples of limiting beliefs that you've run into with some of your clients? 
Yeah, no, it's true, actually, isn't it? And it's really part of my journey, just as my background. Um, I was brought up in Siberia during communism time. So if you can think of limitations and limiting beliefs and mindset issues, I had them all. I was never growing up was told you can do anything, you can be anything, the world is full of possibility. That's not the message that I've grown up with. It was the opposite of that. You, especially as a woman, especially as a young girl, you don't stand out. You be the quietest girl in the room. You don't dream. Be practical. This is for dreamers. This is not for you. And actually, when I was growing up, the biggest dream that uh, you know the society had for me was, well, the best thing you could ever be is maybe an admin support somewhere. And if you're lucky, you maybe get married and you get someone to provide for you. <laughs> that was that was the thing. And actually. It's interesting. Uh, I then found myself at the age of 25 in a complete kind of collapse of the world where my journey around mindset has started. I had dreams. I had um, really powerful thoughts around what I want to do and want to to reach big heights, but really struggled to know who I am and the limitations that I have inherited through childhood were just huge. And um, I guess the tools that we will talk about today, they're so powerful. And this part of my journey and what now I help my clients with, those are the tools that over 15 years, I've tried and tested everything, like everything they can possibly imagine. And I found the things that really work, that really took me from a place, you know, with a really kind of limited upbringing to the youngest and the only female across the boardroom table. And this is the tools that we'll talk about today. Yeah. And I think maybe a couple of things for people to think about. Limiting beliefs, I think the first thing is just awareness of the self-talk. Like, what are the things that you believe? What are the things you're telling yourself that's stopping your progress? And it's really for everyone, it's a different thing. But we all have this negative thoughts, this limiting beliefs. For me, this was the cap on my abilities. This was my, I, I really struggled to envision a big life for myself. That was my limitations. And it's only when I started to realize that actually the way it's first awareness, what is the limiting beliefs that you have? And then the second thing is really challenging them. But I think the next one is really thinking of the world in different ways. What if everything was possible? Like what if you believe in the possibility rather than negative outcome? So it's really thinking about from that perspective. Right. So one of the things that, for myself is a struggle when it comes to that, is that I see it as I can put out these positive affirmations about the life that I want to live, but sometimes I feel like I'm full of it. Yeah. So that piece to me, I think is hard. And it's almost like I'm trying to convince myself, how do we get rid of those limiting beliefs? What do we do? Yeah. I think, you know what it is at the core of it is your identity. This is the key thing. Like we can say to ourselves, I am amazing. I can do this. You can say affirmations, but the reality is we don't believe it. So, you know, the good examples of that, why is someone who's been poor all their lives, all their life, suddenly won, you know, lottery ticket and they're now a millionaire. What happens to them? They lose the money within the next six months. Why is it that when someone just lost the weight, they have the body of their dreams, then, you know, six months later, they gain all the weight back up. 
Why does that happen? And the same thing for us. It's this, I, what happens is it's this difference between what, the way we see ourselves in our mind versus our reality. And this is the key, really powerful thing to understand is what we think about ourselves, the names we call ourselves after we say I am, is define, will define our reality. If a girl is, she's on the diet, she has a body of her dreams and everyone around her tell, tells her, you look amazing. But if when she looks in the mirror, she says, I'm fat, I do not deserve this, I'm uncomfortable, I'm awful, I'm ugly. That is what's shaping your reality. So it's those words that we, how we define ourselves in the moment of quiet when no one's watching. The words we say after I am is what the, our life will shape to be. And it has to be like the, the, that our selves, a sense of identity and our reality has to be the same. Um, and if it's not, they will merge. And this is why it happens. So really the key thing to think about, noticing yourself, what do you truly believe about yourself? What do you say after those words, I am? And starting to recognize that. And really then the next step is stepping into a different identity, stepping into that new identity of yourself. Who do you want to be? What is that powerful woman within you that you can feel, that you feel inspired by, that you have that sense that there is someone in me who wants to break free and really embodying that. Um, And this is where the change will come from. The change will not come from affirmation. Indeed, as you say, the change will come when you step in and say and feel it through your whole body. I am powerful. I am someone that speaks on stages without fright. I am someone that loves fully with all my heart. I am the powerhouse CEO I was meant to be. So when you really feel it and get really energized by those words and you say that to yourself daily, you visualize the life, you visualize yourself stepping on stage if that's your dream or making that income you want. You need to see it in your mind's eye repetitively every single day. And the reason for it is that you get your mind used to it. And the mind doesn't know the difference between what you visualize, what you tell yourself, and what the reality is. It's actually, I remember the first time I realized there was such an epiphany moment for me, Jenny. I realized that actually our mind is not that smart. (laughs) I realized like, you know, liver, like the liver or heart doesn't have eyes. So how does your heart know it's morning? It doesn't know it's morning. The reason why it knows it's a morning time, it looks, you see the sunlight. There is a signal that goes through the retina of your eyeballs into your brain. And then your brain connects to your liver and the hormone state changes in your body. But the liver itself doesn't know it. But in a way, you know, you can think about the light outside is a really subconscious thought. I mean, maybe a little bit deep, but if you think about it, someone can, I think cry of a baby is a good example. When you hear a cry of a baby, the same people in the room, one might hear it, oh, the baby is happy. It's a joyful cry. (laughs) And I start giggling because the second you said that, anxiety like lifted in me because that was a really tough phase as a mother for me was the newborn phase and they would cry and cry. And I was not good at that phase. So exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. 
And for me, it would be the same. When I hear cry of a baby, my whole body shakes. The baby's in trouble. Like I'm probably like my breath, I'm like my in physical pain because yes. like I need to breastfeed somebody's baby. Yeah, but <laughs> we, you know, we can have a different subconscious reaction to the same event. So what you realize is actually our interpretation of it. And the same thing with our minds. What we see outside, it's very subjective. So actually, we're in control of how we react. We're in control of what we think, and therefore, we're in control of our emotional state. And when you really get this, it becomes a, such a, like, when I really understood that, it became such an epiphany moment to me to say, actually, I control my thoughts. I can determine what I think. I'm not driven or guided by the people. I'm the words I say to myself are really by my like I'm in control of that. I'm in charge. It's my responsibility. And this is where everything changed for me. When I was like, wow, this is actually my responsibility. I can change what I say to myself. I can change what I believe. I can change who I want to be. No one gets to tell me how they see me. Yes. Um, that was really powerful. I love the way that you said it's connected to that feeling. It's you, mm. your whole body kind of takes on the feeling like this is my purpose. And mm. I feel like during COVID when we were locked down and I wasn't able to speak because that you talked about speaking, that was what I loved to do as much as it killed the introvert in me. It was hard, but I loved being able to do that. And I think COVID kind of took that away and I lost that within mm. myself, not knowing where is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? And I think reconnecting to that purpose and knowing and feeling it is that first step to being able to make the rest of your business continue to grow and to scale and succeed. And I think yeah. a lot of people miss that because they can't find that one thing where they actually feel that solid connection to, where mm -hmm. that's my purpose, they can say. And because of that, everything that they tell themselves, they feel like they're full of crap and they don't believe it. And they don't know how to continue to train their mind because they're not connected to it. So I love the way that you talk about a feeling with that. So, so yeah. true. And I think we also, I think there's a couple of things that you just said is really important. What I loved about this idea that, you know, you're speaking, you're speaking and how you love being on stage, you know, that's a good example of something that probably when you started, it was really difficult for you. It was a hundred percent was <laughs> really. So someone who is perhaps naturally the idea of being on stage in front of crowds of people speaking was probably terrifying, but in the process of you overcoming that fear, and actually getting really good at being on stage, you have proven to yourself, I can do this. I can do hard stuff. I can do this. Like there's a sense of confidence, that sense of achievement to ourselves. When we overcome our, this is where that sense of identity, I am the person that says no to fear. I'm the person that does things that's scary. I am that person that does hard stuff. And that's what actually happens. This confidence, this growth, this like, well, if I can do this, I can do anything. Yes. And this is what the powerful thing. So it's really for someone who's thinking and listening to this, just think about what's scary for you. That's probably a good place to lean into and say, well, actually, can I overcome this? If, and if I can overcome this, that means there's a lot of things I can get over and I can overcome. That means there's no limitations to me and what's possible for me. 
it's such a revolutionary thing. And, um, and I think what you just said also around purpose is so powerful because it's so true, isn't it? Our purpose, especially when it's ourselves. People always think, well, what's my purpose? I don't know my purpose. What should I be doing? Should I be in this business? Should I be in a different business? Should I be doing something else? Should I go back to work? And it's all kind of very centered around ourselves, our ego, our own things. And that's hard. Most people really struggle with that. But I think when you really kind of switch that around, say, right, who, what I know, who is there someone who needs to hear my story, my journey, and what I've been through? Everything just comes into place. Yes. Um, I, oh, I cannot agree more with you because I do that helping women so that their girls see them succeeding and understanding that they can run their own businesses. And when I try to determine what's the best way that I can get in front of people, I realize that yes, I can do podcasts, which I do, and I can write a blog and I can do social media, but the greatest connection that I have with people is when I'm on stage because I can mm. read their body language. I have conversations with them afterwards. I can better understand what words are really resounding with them. When a podcast, you don't necessarily get that. Sure, you get a couple people that will reach out, but you don't get those in-depth conversations where you can actually read them. And I think that is one of my strengths. That's one of my gifts is that I'm very good at reading people's body language and mm. understanding what they're trying to say without necessarily being able to say it. So when I can't do that, I feel isolated from my audience to better understand how to serve them. Yes, 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 indeed. And it's kind of tapping into your zone of genius, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, your zone of genius, this is where, this is where your energy comes from speaking event, connecting to people, reading their body language and sensing how they're feeling. So yeah, of course, when you put in a different environment, that could be really constraining. And uh, But it's beautiful. Just being aware of that is so powerful. And I think for people to really think about what is that I, what, what brings me joy? Like I always ask this question, if I gave you a billion dollars and I said, you know what? You will never have to worry about money again. What would you do with your time? What would you do every single day that was so fun that you just you would just do it for free? And there's somewhere in that answer hides your zone of genius. What's so natural, what's so fun, that's and that's what's so great to lean into it. Um, but yeah, serving other people, connecting with people is so powerful. And actually, it was also my business, and I was you know, really advising and coaching a lot of businesses because people come to me and say, well, how do I set up a business in a way that thrives, that I can scale? I don't want to be trapped by my business. I want to be able to exit or being able, I've set up this business for it to be freedom creation, but actually I feel like I'm working longer hours than I have ever been in the corporate roles. What am I doing wrong? And um, when I started serving women and really seeing how, you know, through just their connection, they can change the life of their family. They can change the life around them. Just seeing that satisfaction and just feeling them creating a ripple effect for their clients, for the businesses they touch. It was just amazing. This is where I found that, wow, this is amazing. Like I can do this for free. Everything feels so much fun to be able to do that. Yes. And that's one of the questions I feel like I often ask my audience because they're trying to figure out who is my audience and how am I an expert in their eyes? And they'll often say to me, 
I'm not an expert. I can't call myself an expert, but it's that question that you just said, what would you do for free? What do you love to do? And what problem is it solving? So I know my best friend who is in real life, not a blogger, not online a ton would say she loves to shop. It starts to come in. You are an expert. I can still remember back in middle school when that girl told me you are not allowed to wear navy blue and black together. You don't do that. Um, and she always enjoyed fashion and shopping and understood all of that. And to this day, I think still think that she should be doing that. <laughs> yeah. So for them, this is like an amazing, they want to learn this. They want to become learn this skill. And but for her, it's so natural. She doesn't think it's valuable. This is what happens for someone who is an amazing chef who can just connect the ingredients together and just with this amazing Michelin star quality dish for them. This is, well, this is like anyone can do this. Well, no, for me, I would pay money, a lot of money to learn how to do this, but because for you, it's so natural. It's your strength. You wonder, well, it's so easy. Why would I know someone pay money for it? Is it really worth it? But the truth is someone who doesn't have your skill for them, it's extremely valuable. Yes, absolutely. I love that. So let's look at this from another standpoint when it comes to living, limiting beliefs. What causes self-limiting beliefs? Yeah. Now, obviously, you talked a little bit about your childhood and it came from that. Do you think that's everyone? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's I think our childhood has a lot to do with it, but also the events, the stories we tell ourselves. Um, you know, it comes from many ways, um, many different ways, how we were rewarded for be good behavior when we were younger um, is a big one. So, for example, for a lot of women I know, and especially like this, I think the theme that you've just touched, this experts, I can't call myself an expert. Am I good enough to charge such a high ticket price? There's a lot of this self-worth limiting beliefs. What's the root cause of that? The root cause of that is, well, actually, is this few things. I will be judged. I'm afraid of being judged. People will say, who does, this, who, do, who does she think she is to teach other people to do this is a big one. I'm not enough. There's so many things here, but it's really fears of judgment, of being perceived, how they look, sounding silly, sounding stupid. So there's a lot of things in there. And it's really delve into it. And I think delve into it, recognizing yourself, what's blocking your progress. And I think as a CEO and as a founder, it's really important that we're having this conversation because you might think, well, limiting beliefs are not for me. This is fluffy. This is mindset stuff. I just want to do hardcore strategy. Well, the challenge is the only thing that's going to stop growth in your business is you. If you're not going, your limiting beliefs, things that are blocking your progress is the thing that's going to cap your income. This is the thing that's going to stop progress and growth in your business. So by realizing what it is, what is limiting you right now? What is you afraid of? What's your fear? Because they're very connected. This is where you unblock a whole level of another level of possibility. So coming back to this, I'm, I'm afraid to show up as an expert. I'm afraid to be judged. So it's the thing to look at who are you, who is the judgment coming from? In many cases, it will come from family, friends. And it's funny. It's interesting. A lot of times it's not the closest relevance of relatives. It's the cousins. It's the friends of a family. It's the friends of a friend that follow them on 
Facebook, on Instagram, and that is stopping them showing up fully as stepping in into this identity of their best version of themselves. So I think the powerful questions to ask there is, imagine 10 years down the line, and you've listened to that voice. You said, yeah, I'm afraid of being judged. I'm going to really constrain myself. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to speak my truth. I'm not going to play out and lean into those desires and real calling. I'm going to play small because I'm afraid of them. Imagine 10 years down the line, you haven't succeeded. You haven't followed your truth. You haven't followed your desires. And how would you feel? Is it worth it? Is those the fact that someone could have laughed at you? Then having that fear of complete regrets and wondering, what if I took the chance? What if I went all in? How my life would have been different? So I always, I do this for myself. I do this for my clients. Like, think about what's the worst that can happen? We ask, they're going to laugh. They say, well, yeah, she's silly. But I think it's much worse when you get 10 years older and you are stuck and unfulfilled. I think that's much worse. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, that was something that even with my business doing, so I had the Malrose family for years, was successful. And I had the inkling because being a former teacher, I wanted to continue to teach, uh, not children, but adults. And I wanted this Jenny Morrow side of my business, but I had someone that was in my life at that time say to me, those that can't teach. And it stopped me for years where I retired from teaching at 35. I probably could have left at 32 had I actually started when I thought, I should be doing it when the first inkling, but her words stopped me and her words became my words of what I told myself over and over again. I started to believe them. That's it. So you see what happens. That's just so powerful. You said her words became your words. And that's so powerful. It's sometimes the words of the mother, of the friend, or someone else that become our words. And the only way we can stop this, realize that, kind of interrupt that, say, well, No, I don't believe that. But I think what is powerful indeed, look back and think about, imagine you are 80 years old and it's your 80th birthday party and you look around and you say, right, what have I done? What have I done with my life? How did I leave? Who did I love? And then think about that you not took the chance, not went all in. That's one version of you, scared, small, you know, judged by others, afraid of other things. Or there is another version of you who said, you know what? Let them laugh at me. Let them judge me. Let them do. I'm going to follow that internal voice. I'm going to lean in towards what's fun, what's joyous and serve other people in the biggest way I can possibly do it. And I'm going to take all the chances. And that's another version of us at 80 years old. So it's our choice right now. Which one will it be? And sadly, the chances are right now. There's no, there's no, there's no tomorrow. There's no next month. There's no in a year's time. Time just goes way too fast. Yes. So have you found that you can get rid of your limiting, limiting beliefs entirely? I have actually, I have. One thing that tool that really has helped me is hypnotherapy. I think I think hypnotherapy for someone who is really I think it's extremely powerful. So if you think about what it is, it's it's meditation but taken to another level. What it does is 
it's really kind of calms you down your nervous system and really addresses the core belief at the core and kind of eradicates it and replaces that with new belief. So I found that's one of the fastest, most transformative ways to really quickly eradicate those limiting beliefs. I first tried it when I was pregnant with my first son. It was a really interesting story. I was pregnant and I was um, I was really terrified. I had really a lot of panic attacks at the time, a lot of anxiety. As a new mom, pregnant mom, I was so worried about things I was eating. Am I eating the right food? Am I doing the best? Am I over-exercising? Like, I was so terrified of carrying this baby inside my belly. And this is where I got introduced to hypnotherapy and uh, hypnobirthing as well. And this amazing woman, she, you know, I, I taught that, she taught me, I did lots of visualizations, I did every night, like there's a certain process she, she took me through. Then by the end of it, I basically had a completely natural birth, 20 hours in labor and excruciating pain, but I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel a thing. I didn't need any painkillers. And, uh, and this is where it showed me this stuff works. That's crazy. That stuff. This is where I had all my work because at the time I was like, I'll do the exercises, I'll do the work, but deep inside, I'm like, I don't believe it's going to work. How can I, you know, I'm so anxious and it worked. I became a lot calmer. I, it's just to transform my beliefs around birth, around pain, uh, this uh, fear based anxiety through hypnotherapy. And the results were incredible, like 20 hours, very long, difficult, slow birth with absolutely no painkillers, not even gas and air. Um, and it was pretty incredible. I can't even imagine that. But that's it, to the fact that it was a real life experience to then be able to see, well, if you can work on something like this, it can clearly work for my business beliefs and the way that I want to run my life. Yeah, absolutely powerful. It works amazingly for fears, for limiting beliefs, for anything that you feel is limiting you, for fear of being on stage, fear of being in front of people, fear of speaking up. It really works amazingly well on many things. And there are some amazing practices, but this is where it's quick, rapid, and really transformative results you can achieve with that. Amazing. So you have a freebie for my audience. It's key mistakes that you might be making in your sales process. Can you tell them a little bit about it? Is it a guide? Is it a video? What does it consist of? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes, for listeners of this podcast, we have this amazing survey. You, It's very personalized. So you take this quick survey, you answer a few questions, and then and the outcome, you will get and then five key mistakes that might be killing your sales. And you'll get a free training that's specifically catered for you, for your needs right now that you will find really helpful. And we'll share some links about it because I find that, especially in sales process, like we're talking about mindset, limited beliefs, but it's actually all very connected. Yes. And sales is one of those things that's really you as a founder and CEO, you drive a lot of it in your business and really having powerful practices, but also strategies around what to do and what not to do. If you know the mistakes to avoid, you can save yourself years and thousands in costs. Excellent. So we're going to make sure that we link to those in the show notes. Those of my listeners that know that you can always just send me a DM on Instagram asking for that. I will make sure to send that over to you. If you send me a DM at Jenny underscore Melrose on Instagram, we will make sure it gets passed to you. Um, Alina, where are the best places to connect with you? 
Yeah, of course. Um, on Instagram at Bossy Hills Club and also on my podcast, Bossy Hills. Um, this is my two places. And yeah, I'm, I'm a lover of podcasts. I love your podcast so much, Jenny. And yes, um, podcast is just amazing. I share a lot on my podcast, probably share more than I share with my husband, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing he's not listening to my podcast but yeah it's a real special place uh, where I have guests and doing a lot of kind of teaching and coaching and lots of stories excellent well we are going to make sure to link to those in the show notes as well Elena I would just want to thank you so much for taking the time there's obviously there's a large time difference between us where you are and I know that we had to make it work with our schedules so I just appreciate you so much this was so helpful Yes. Thank you so much. And just a pleasure to be here. I just love everything you're doing, your business and your podcast are simply amazing. So yes, sending you so much love. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. I clearly could have continued this conversation. Elena had also had me over on her podcast. So if you haven't gone over there and subscribed to her podcast, make sure that you do so if you haven't already. Also, if you didn't grab her video training with the survey that she gives in order to send you to the correct video training that you need where you're at, just send me a DM and tell me video training from Elena and I will make sure to send that directly to you. As always, I appreciate you all so much for listening in. If you haven't already left a rating or review, I would so love it if you do so. It just helps to continue to get great guests that are going to help you all continue to advance your businesses with their amazing content that they provide us with. So I would so appreciate it if you took the time to do that. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then.